Hi, my name is Ali Vignola, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Bob Clark. You're listening to me and you're listening to me. 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 Snow the goal. 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 Oh, yes. Welcome into Snow the Goalie here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. And uh, it's a it's a pretty chill week. You know, right? I, I think, and I don't know this for with 100% certainty, but if my memory serves, last year at the All-Star break slash bye week, we took the week off. I think we did. You and I were just like, eh, screw it. Yep. <laughs> we'll take the week off. We don't do that here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. No. And neither does Ryan Lennox, who's on the other side of the glass. And since I'm always rushed at the end and I never really truly thank him, thank you to Ryan Lennox on the other side of the glass who <laughs> works hard or hardly works. It's well, one so, or the other. I don't know which. So here's the thing, Russ. I mean, this week, knowing that we had to do a show, a full fill an hour of hockey conversation with really not a lot to go on, they did beat the Penguins last week. Sure did. Which was a good which was a good thing. Both of us predicted that last week. Um, so that was that was a positive. They didn't just beat the Penguins. They embarrassed. They they played a the great Pittsburgh defensive Penguins. game against the Penguins. Um, and then there was the All Star game, and Travis Konechny had three assists. That's, even though that's the snow of the goalie bump. Yeah, even though uh, the Metro Division got beat in the in the first game because Chris Letang was a trash captain. <laughs> um, so you have that. Um, he finished sixth out of or seven out of eight skaters in the fastest skater competition. He did. That wasn't that impressive. And, but not not that fast. Although, in fairness, I think I think it's probably safe to say that Latang listened to the interview that we did with Konechny or watched it over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel and saw that Travis Konechny said he wanted to do something, preferably what a, what a few thousand of his with, closest without, friends without the puck. So that was good. That was really solid. Yeah. But other than that, really, what else is there really for us to talk about? Um, there is there uh, there is one uh, one kind of unique thing that we should actually maybe bring up because well, what I'm going to get to is is that in anticipation of uh, of this being a down week, quiet week, chill week, you and I um, last week went over to Skate Zone. Sure did. And we sat down with uh, you know everyone saw the Travis Connecting interview. I mean there was a few thousand people who re- who watched it. Um, but we also sat down with defenseman Matt Niskanen and uh, forward Joel Farabee, our first repeat guest here on Snow the Goalie. Technically wrong. Who else? Travis Sanheim. When did if he come he, a second time? I'm pretty sure he did. I'm going to double check it. I think he only did one. The very, he was our very first guest. I think we had him on a call in at some point. You went into the mm. locker room uh, at the end of two seasons ago, I think. I'm going to. Yeah. I'll, I'll double check. Yeah. It. All right. Anyway, um, but we had that. We sat down with those guys, and so we're going to play those interviews because I think that they're both fun. They're both interesting. Uh, our typical snow the goalie type interviews. So they're going to both be on this program within this hour. So you're going to be able to hear uh, interviews with Niskanen and with Farabee. But before we get to that, Russ. Story came out, uh, not even really a story, but um, TSN put out their top trade targets because now we're a month out from the trade deadline. Yep. And lo and behold, number seven on their top 10 trade targets in the NHL this year, Shane Gostisbehere. Not surprising. No, it's not. I mean, it's not surprising. We've been talking about it for a year, right? It's a good, it's a good salary, four and a half million. Yeah, I mean, it's a player who has high potential upside. If a coach, if a coaching staff and or front office believe that they can unlock the sixty odd point potential 
Shane Gossespierre, that was a dynamic young defenseman that a lot of people were super high on, and some still hold out hope can return to that form. Um, it it would not be a surprise to see teams check in. Well, the interesting thing, my my favorite part of this whole thing was also uh, not not with TSN, but uh, with Sportsnet.ca up in Canada, Elliot Friedman, uh, who puts out his thirty one thoughts mm-hmm. uh, every week. Um, put one out that said that you know the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking for a defenseman um, and that teams are asking about Kasperi Kapanen which it's funny that it was what 14 months ago now at this point yep <laughs> that we first reported that the Flyers may have been talking to Toronto about a one-for-one swap of Shane Goss to spare for Kasperi Kapanen so um, and, and sometimes look sometimes trades take that long to come to fruition. Maybe you express interest about a guy one year and you can't trade for him until the next year or two years down the line, whatever the case might be. Not saying that that's going to happen here, but the, I think it's kind of interesting that that same conversation is coming up 14 months later. If I remember correctly, when we first put that out, that was sometime around some of the turmoil. I don't know, remember if I, yeah. I think it was originally a Hextall it conversation. It was. It was. I saw, and then Hextall I, got axed and then. I, I know for certain because I because of the conversation that I had that that came prior to Hextall being fired. Um, so yes. So it was not necessarily this regime, so to speak. It wasn't Chuck Fletcher that was involved in that conversation, but there are still enough people kind of involved in the organization who were involved in the organization then that that conversation may have been revisited just with a different general manager. Which would be an interesting, uh, an interesting development. Could be. And Kapanen's, uh, Kapanen's a good player. Yeah. And some might argue that maybe he's a, a higher quality player than you think you would get back for Ghost because, of course, Ghost had had really low Toronto, trade value. Toronto but is desperate. They are desperate for a defenseman, desperate. and four and a half million as a cap hit isn't that bad. Not for a second pair guy, no. So it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, we've got a couple of things going on. Uh, if you want to get in, we're gonna. We're going to go to the Matt Niskanen interview momentarily here. Um, I, I think a lot of really great insight, especially from that veteran leader kind of role and, and a guy who came off of a Stanley Cup win, was planning on, you know, multiple years of contending for the Cup, gets traded out of, seemingly out of nowhere, and he gets into that. Um, I, I also like, and, and you get to hear this, but some of the uh, the cool insight that he had on being on the other side of a lot of rivalry games and what it what it's like to come into Philadelphia and play as a rival player. Yep. Um, so we're going to get into that. Before we do, it's obviously worth pointing out because we've got a couple of things that you and I are involved in this week. And for those who you know might not have time in the car to stay for the whole show, I mean, I'm sure they'll go listen to it on the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else they get their podcasts. Uh, we've got the official Flyers fan club. We're going to be chatting with on a Wednesday, Wednesday night. night yep. So if you're a member of that organization, we'll see you Wednesday night. But of course, Friday, we've got the live show that we're doing. You know, the Flyers, what, 10 days between the drubbing of Pittsburgh and then going on the road to play Pittsburgh. We're going to be this Friday at Odd Logic Brewing Company out at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. Uh, we're going to be doing a live show. We're going to do the, the Press Road show. Yes. And uh, we're going to have a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on at, at Odd Logic Brewing Company. It's a, going to be a great night. I believe it's the... Uh, the Biz Empire food truck is going to be out there. I might have to go put an R on their truck for the day, make it the Briz Empire. But a lot of good food will be out there and, and excellent beer, nitro cold brew uh, coffee on draft, some nice uh, handcrafted cocktails as well. 
thanks to their friends from uh, another distillery, I believe up in Bethlehem. So it'll be a great time. Uh, I think we're going to start a little bit before 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. and we'll be going there through the game and probably later as well. So if you can't make it out for the start of the game, don't worry. Make it out to 500 Bristol Pike in uh, Bristol, PA, to Odd Logic Brewing Company. Come out at any point. We will put you on the Press Road Show. Heck, yes, we will. You sit in with Russ and I and talk hockey. I've, How cool would that be? I have heard a rumor that there's a uh, a local hockey club that might be uh, sending their team. That'd be great. To go watch it. Be I awesome. I don't know if it's the same one that was up there a couple weekends ago that uh, be awesome. apparently took over the upstairs and had a grand old time. Yeah. But uh, listen, if, if you're out there, if you play some, some hockey, play some beer league hockey, and uh, you want to come out and uh, bring the team, we'll uh, we'll get you on the show. Cool. This Friday. Sounds good. Good time. I think this is a good time as any to go to friend of the program, defenseman Matt Niskanen, who uh, offered quite a bit of insight into what it's like to be a new member of the Orange and Black. So without further ado, here's Matt Niskanen. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen with the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. We'd like to welcome into the Snow the Goalie podcast, Flyers defenseman Matt Niskanen. Matt, thanks for joining us here on the show. We really appreciate you stopping by. Good to be here with you guys. Uh, I want to talk to you first, Matt, about uh, the way the team's been playing defensively this year. Because, you know, we were around the team a lot last year. Um, I know you weren't here for that. But there was a real, uh, I guess, effort by Chuck Fletcher and the organization this year to really cut down on the number of goals that were being allowed by this organization. So they brought in you and Justin to kind of be like the veteran guys Mm -hmm. to kind of really be uh, uh, lead the defense. Can can you talk a little bit about the way this team has played defensively this year and, and, you know, from your perspective playing on that top pair with Provy? Yeah, I think it's been a a work in progress, but an improvement so far. I think our our penalty kill has really improved this year. Um, A new coaching staff, so there's I think there's been a – kind of a re-emphasis on team defense because uh-huh. just adding a couple defensemen isn't good enough in today's NHL. You need team-committed defense at the right times, and um, it's a work in progress, like I said, but we're getting better. Now, you've you've been around for a while. Have you seen an evolution to defense, the way it's played in the NHL from when you maybe first started? Yes. Um, there's more structure. Um, wingers are asked to do a lot more. They, they have to help a little bit more in the defensive zone rather than just cover their D-man um, because there's more motion. And uh, the emphasis now is getting the puck back faster. So you see a lot of uh, outnumbered situations. You try to pin a team in one side of the ice in one corner and outnumber them. Um, so it, And also back-checking. Um, the, the emphasis on back-checking has gone up tenfold since, uh, since I started. Now, you get to play with... Provy, and you know, obviously he's looked at as like the the guy moving forward for this organization, uh, first round pick and everything else. We saw glimpses of his what he's going to be in his first year here, first two years here, and then he took like a small step back last year, which is probably part of the growing process for any player, especially mm-hmm. that's that young. Um, you get to play with him every day. What, what's it, what's he like? What are you seeing from him, and do you see the same thing that everybody else sees, that where, where his development is going to go eventually? Yeah, I think he's a high-end talent. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got room to grow yet, too. That's ex- really exciting. So, um, what is he, 22? Yeah. Um, so, he's had a, a lot on his plate at a young age, um, being basically the top guy. I mean, he's the talent on the back end, and um, he's had a lot of responsibility. And I think he's learning how to use that talent at the right times. Um, he defends well. He works his butt off. He's been a treat to play with for me. He's exactly the kind of guy everybody likes to play with, a guy that can just carry the mail 
t tough minutes, tons of minutes, um, high-end skill, defends well. I've just my job is trying to be a good partner for him because he's the talent, not me. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, you know, guy gets traded and, and and you leave an excellent situation, right? There's always, I think, going to be that that question from the fans' perspective, at least, of when you find out that you've been traded to a team that was on the the lower side of things last year in this Flyers team. What is that phone call like? Does that come from your agent? Do you hear from Chuck? And then how much do, do Chuck or AV or the combination of the two express to you like what they foresee your role as on this team? Yeah, I got the a text or a call quick from my agent saying, be by your phone. Uh, the general manager in Washington, Brian McClellan, is going to call you. So right away I knew what happened. And so I talked to Mac, and then um, shortly thereafter I talked to Chuck. And um, just kind of don't know how to process it right away. But um, all in all, Chuck kind of explained his vision of what my role would be right from the get-go and kind of what my duty would be is, you know, be a good player or a good partner for one one of their young defensemen and um they wanted to add some leadership and some experience so um it was pretty black and white actually coming into camp i knew what to expect and um it was leaving a championship quality team you know two years removed from uh, or actually at that time one year removed from a championship um it was tough but it, it also i looked at it as a as a challenge like can we get back in the playoffs now with the Flyers? That's the best time of year, so and that's what I live for now. At this point in my career, I just want to win, and that's it. And that's the ultimate goal now. We're in a decent position to do that. When you play on another team and, and you find out where you're going to be going, how much do you keep up on the other teams, at least in your conference? Like, What was your working knowledge of the young defensemen that this, this team was beginning to rely on? Right. Um, I... I Pretty vague compared okay. to everybody in town, obviously. Sure. But uh, I knew Provorov and Gossespierre and the high-end skill that they have. I didn't know much about anybody else. Um, but you get to know your, especially your division, pretty well. We played four or five games against them a year. Not that long ago, we played a playoff series against Philly. Um, so I was pretty familiar with what they had here, and uh, I knew the potential. From your perspective, since you mentioned those two guys, um, Provorov is a guy that I think most people see as kind of like the all-around package. He's mm -hmm. relied on so heavily minutes-wise. And then Ghost is more of like the offensive-minded kind of guy that, yeah. that captures the imagination of, of the fans, I think, a lot. From your perspective playing, is there is there something you prefer to play with? I mean, it, let's try to take the human element out of it. Obviously, sure. you've got to go back and the guys might hear this. And <laughs> we don't want to pit you against anybody. But is there a preference on, on your side of playing with a guy – with the skill set of Provorov and then the skill set, maybe the higher offensive upside of, of a ghost? Uh, not really. I like them to be more talented than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Which most of the guys here are. But, uh, that's, uh, I've played with both. Um, a, a few of my partners in, over my career have been kind of exactly what you would consider more like Pro-V where they're all-around guys and then... I played with uh, a guy in Washington. I think it was pretty similar, actually, to a lot of the skills Ghost has, where he had the high-end offensive talent and would take some risks, um, would skate the puck out of trouble, and had the ability to do it, even though he might not, probably shouldn't do it at that situation. But he took some risks. There was some uh, risk reward to his game, 
Um, I didn't mind that. I loved playing with him. So uh, I, I guess as long as they're more talented than I am, it's the best answer I'd give you. Okay. What's it, what's it like being the the old guy now? I mean, I, I don't want you. To, I don't want to make you feel old. Yeah. Gee, thanks. Uh, <laughs> well, in fairness, I mean, you're sitting across from me. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. the old guy here. Sure. But uh, but no, seriously. I mean, it, you know, until. You know, yeah, Justin was out of the lineup. I, mean, I know he's right there with you. Um, but I mean, for a while there, for several games, I mean, it was you and all the kids. I mean, what's yeah. it like being the one guy who's got that wealth of experience, who's won that championship, you know, mm-hmm. and, and knows what it's like in this grind when you have kids that are making mistakes or feel get down on themselves if they do something wrong on the ice? Yeah, it, sometimes that gets blown out of proportion because I think our young guys have played quite a few games already in the league. Yeah. But I do have kind of a responsibility, I think, to hold the fort down a little bit um a little bit i'm my style is a little bit more behind the scenes but um it's weird to feel that i'm that guy now because most of my career i've always had a couple older guys to to lean on for that experience and they kind of had that role but um it's a exciting challenge for me to try to be a good mentor for these guys and show good habits every day and um kind of subtly Work behind the scenes of talking with these with these young guys about what it's going to take, and talk about plays on the ice and how things are going. And um, I'm not an outgoing person, but I do feel it's my duty to do some of that stuff. Who, who were some of those guys that, that you kind of like yeah. were mentored by that kind right. of lead to what you are today? Uh, early on, uh, I was really lucky. I get to play with Sergey Zuboff, Matthias Nordstrom, um, and then the most recent one, Brooks Orpik. I played with him for eight seasons, I think so. Um, he was did everything by the book, did everything perfect. He was a, you know, probably hated by Philly fans, but he was a pro. Yeah. And he was a, a man's man where he did everything the right way, and so I really looked up to him. Since you've been kind of thrust into that, that veteran role that you might not have necessarily foreseen, I don't think anybody ever gets to their point in their career like, like you are, and, and you have to kind of look around and, and realize that there is that kind of changing the guard, and you're part of that. Um, a lot of times fans want to see the young kids get called up from the AHL, and they say to hell with the vets, the guys that have been in the league for however many years that mm-hmm. are bottom, bottom six forwards or fourth line forwards or bottom pair defensemen. From your perspective, how important is it to have veterans on a team, even if they're not necessarily a top pair defenseman or a top six forward? Uh, the league definitely is trending younger, and as a whole, I, I agree with that, that younger cheaper players they've got more energy they got more more zip um that's good but i think you need to fill in a few spots on your roster with experienced guys especially just for the the culture aspect of it um the work ethic aspect of it if you have all young guys on your team it might be okay or it could lead to, to disaster and bad habits and um so there's definitely a place for uh guys with experience and uh, know what a winning culture is about, and I think that's part of my duty here. Last hockey question I have is: you you've been on both sides. Flyers have some great rivalries, right? I mean, they Pittsburgh obviously is number one. Rangers are probably number two, and I'd say Washington currently is probably three. And mm-hmm. as far as from a fan perspective, you've been on two of those three teams. What has been what has the rivalry been like from your perspective, especially mostly being on the other side of it? Uh, wild, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So before coming here, I played two playoff series against the Flyers with different teams, and kind of like you said, three of the four sides of this thing. So, and I played a bunch of playoff series against the Rangers. So, 
geez, if I go there next, that's going to be something. <laughs> but uh, it's um, they're so fun, yeah. they're so intense that I, I talk to Drew and Voracek all the time about that playoff series that we had when I was with Pittsburgh and how bonkers that was. Um, seemed like neither goalie could make a save, and there was a million penalty minutes, and the, just the scores in that series were just wild. So. Um, I think, but I, I think you guys averaged five goals a game each, or Pittsburgh was just below right. five goals a game. It was nuts. Yeah, I think yeah. we gave up 30 in six games. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that just goes to show you how emotional it is yeah. that guys start doing things that are uncharacteristic because they're so invested in the series and or the game. and um, That's what makes it fun, though. I Sometimes playing a Western Conference opponent in January on a Tuesday night ain't that exciting. Playing Pittsburgh is really really fun at all times so since you've been on the other side one of the things that that I think you could probably bring a lot to the table on with this would be people when they play for Philadelphia the number one thing is oh Philly's got great fans and then you know like Philly does have great fans like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's wonderful but when you come in as as the enemy what is it like to walk into Wells Fargo Center versus walking into another rival of the team that you're that you're playing on uh, it feels more hostile. Just I've some of the vulgar things that I've heard and seen. <laughs> and I know that's just a select few, but I don't mind that kind of stuff. I mean, I've gotten in shouting matches with fans, you know, and that kind of stuff gets you going. And uh, that's what makes it fun. If they're, when the, everybody's that invested in, in the rivalry, I, I mean, including the players, it just makes everything that much more heated and, I think you get the best out of the best players when it's like that too. So that's makes for good hockey. Awesome. The beauty, the beauty of a podcast, of course, is that if you want to share any of those, <laughs> we are not limited to what you're able to say. I don't know. Are there, are there any that stand out? Yeah, I'll get, I won't. I won't say anything that people have said to me. But I was with Pitt at the time, and all of a sudden, this guy's bang right next to the bench, first row is banging on the glass just constantly, hey, hey, hey. So I finally turn and look at him and just flips me the bird. And I look at him and I start laughing, but then I look next to him and he's got like his eight-year-old kid right next to him. I'm like, <laughs> pointing at him, what's going on here? He's, he's getting the kid ready to be oh, that he, guy he's grooming in him. 10 yeah, years, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you grew up in um, a town called Virginia, Minnesota, yeah, correct? That's okay. right. Um, one of the things that I like to ask guys about is because you know a lot of a lot of these small hometowns that hockey players come from. Most of them, obviously, Canadian guys, right, come mm-hmm. from up there. Um, like you never, we would never know anything about them. They're so small and so remote. I was looking at some pictures of Virginia, Minnesota. It looks like it's actually kind of really pretty up there. Yes, I love it. Okay, yeah, I go back every summer, and uh-huh. that's where I plan to retire someday. So uh-huh. that's home for me. I love it. What's it like up there? Right now. But cold. Um, I think they just got 10 inches of snow in during that last storm. And, um, if you're not an outdoorsy kind of guy, I could see why a lot of people leave, but uh-huh. I personally love it. It's a cool place in the summertime, too? Beautiful place in the summer, though. Yeah. Uh, summers are awesome. I mean, land of 10,000 lakes. We've got lakes everywhere. I have a, a lake home there that I, where we spend our summers, and um, I like to fish and do water sports, all that kind of stuff. My son loved to swim. We have a little beach and stuff, so it's fantastic for what I like. That's cool. You've had in your career, I believe, three stints with the national team, I think twice with juniors, and then once a, a few years ago. World Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did like an under-18 under, under 18 thing over in Europe. That was like a USA Hockey summer deal. 
Um, and then World Juniors, World Championships once. Yep. And then the World Cup. Okay. So, so four, four. technically, kind of. When there are young guys on this team, like Joel Farabee mm-hmm. got, got the call to go play at the national level. Mm-hmm. Is there something, like, I, I don't know if you guys talked about that at all when he got that call, but to get to represent your country and then see that, like, some of these young guys are, are starting to kind of get that, that look or, across the league. What's one of the, the biggest things, one of the biggest differences, I guess, or one of the, the main things that you would say to a guy who gets that call to play with the national team, just what it means? Uh, mostly I think it's, it doesn't even need to be said, um, just how huge of an honor it is. And um, I remember the first time I got to wear a USA hockey sweater was that under-18 thing, and... Um, it was not long after the movie Miracle came out. And so I, I knew all about the 80 Olympics, and obviously that refreshed everything, but just the sense of pride that it comes with it and um, an opportunity. that I knew I wasn't going to be a high-end NHL player. I hoped that uh, you know I might get a chance for it someday. It ended up happening with the World Cup, but um, I tried to cherish every every opportunity that he got to put that sweater on him playing an international tournament they're unbelievably fun i'm glad you mentioned the movie miracle because russ and i have to ask every guy yeah because this is this is a thing and we fight about it all the time if you had to pick you're on a stranded island and you have one hockey movie for the rest of your life that you can watch which one is it Slapshot. see you know what he picks? I don't even ask anymore. He, he picks goon because i think goon is a more quotable movie <laughs> i think i think goon is and I'm not I'm not going to rehash this again because <laughs> no one has sided with me. We've had former enforcers on this show and none of them have even sided with yeah. me. So I just have to. It's because Slapshot's more realistic, right? I think so. Right? But I'm not going yeah. for most realistic. Like I'm thinking. Yeah, but that's why Hollywood What movie like makes me laugh the most? Yeah, okay, fine. I'm partial, anyways, to Slapshot though because the Hansons. Are originally the Carlsons right. are from Virginia, Minnesota. Are they really? Yeah. See that? Yeah. I didn't even. Tr- I, Come I didn't on, even, man. I swear, I You're did not Mr. know that. Okay. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Believe it or not, Jeff, uh, one of the brothers. Yeah. I was having a beer with him a couple summers ago at a local establishment and got to talk to him for like over a half hour. It was cool as heck. Right. And I can tell you this: he wasn't acting too much in that movie. That's awesome. Yeah. He's that's wild. Awesome. He had awesome stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you a are you a movie TV streaming guy? Like, do you binge watch anything? Uh, not a ton, but there's a couple things where, when I'm in, I'm in. I have to finish it right now, so I'll binge uh, a couple things that haven't had one recently. But yeah, from time favorite? to time, uh, Homeland. Oh, okay. that was a good yeah. one. Homeland yeah. was good. I yeah. I showed up late to that party, but once I was in, oh, I couldn't stop. Yeah. Did you like it better after? Well, I guess it, it's been a long time since uh, when Brody mm-hmm. gets it. And then it kind of moves on with with Carrie's role Story. going forward. Yeah. Did, did you like it better when that aspect of the show changed, or were you like more of a first? No, first I think I seasons? liked the beginning better. Really? Yeah. 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 I liked okay. the beginning better, but I think I liked it all. I liked the whole thing. But Same. I, yeah, but I think Same. The, I liked it after that too. Yeah, but, but I just think that the beginning was more riveting. It was more riveting stuff. What was the most recent thing you can remember binging? Um, actually, a World War II documentary. Okay. But World War Two in color. Oh, I think. okay. On yes. Yeah, on yes. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know a fair amount about World War Two and stuff, but I always like looking for new things about it to see if I pick up more info. And well, stuff like I'll that. give you a recommendation. Go see 1917. 
Oh, I heard it's awesome. It's the and best I, song. It's on my list for sure. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's that's World War One, obviously. Yeah, it is World yeah. War One, but I like that because kind of it's fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. So that's just my recommendation okay. for Matt today. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Jake as a DJ in the locker room? Pretty good. You're most just, of his stuff is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not all. Most. <laughs> I would. See, I have a feeling though when I, if I ask travis this and i asked joel this that they might be on the other side because it's an age thing correct for sure yeah so yeah you being the older one of the veteran guys you kind of like his music right one of the last questions uh, this might be my last one but one of the questions that we always like to ask is uh either at the nhl level or working your way up a favorite arena that you had to play in. oh yeah that's because that's sometimes guys say that working their way up they're, like the, the insanity of what you might see behind the bench in Philadelphia right. is one thing, but what you might see in a small town as you're working where, way up is even crazier. Do you have a favorite place or one that stands out as most memorable? Um, there was a – so I played high school hockey before I went to college, and um, our cross town – I mean, it's a different town, but there were abutting towns, and um, their rink was awesome. It was one of the first indoor rinks in Minnesota older snot it was but it was had tons of character loud echoes like crazy and that was a rival so that that was always a fun barn to play in um in college i actually liked our home rink the best um so it was minnesota duluth minnesota duluth yeah. yeah they have a new rink now but the old one i think was built in like the 60s or and uh, it was called the deck and it was it really steep um held like 5,000 people, maybe six if you're staying in your room only. Yeah. And it was just playing uh, the University of Minnesota or North Dakota in that tiny barn was just wild. So I think NHL, actually, my favorite might be San Jose. I've never had a ton of luck there. Really? Yeah. I think my career numbers there must be horrible because we always get smoked, <laughs> but it is fun to play there. Yeah. good. Yeah. good. They're a good crowd out there. Yeah. It's surprising. Really, like you really good. Think. It's a surprisingly good crowd. Yeah, I would say probably top top three American cities for like crowds, yeah, and that's probably consensus amongst most players. So they're pretty good. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Matt, we really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for hopping on Snow the Goalie, and uh, best of luck to you. And we'll talk sure. to you down the road. All right, thanks, guys. That was fun. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our interview with Flyers defenseman Matt Niskanen. Anthony, likable guy, a really likable guy. And you know, it's funny when he was talking about having uh, having a beer with uh, the Hansons. Um, over the summer and like talking for a half hour, I like, sat there and said to myself, you know, Matt Niskan is the kind of guy I would like to have a beer with. Like just kind of sit down and chill and just talk shop. For, Maybe we could just intercept the uh, the team bus out to Pittsburgh on I Friday think, and think bring him out to be, Odd Logic Brewing Company. That's going to be the plan. We're going we're gonna to get, yeah, I think he's a kind of a guy that, you know, maybe in the summer when he comes back, you know, he's got another year here. Maybe go do a, maybe we'll do it in August or something before the season starts. Just kind of get together and just kind of, you know, bring him out and, have a have a good time. We'll a brewski it. with Nisky, yeah. eh? Brewski with Nisky. There you go. There you go. But uh, anyway, um, so we got we're going to take a break, um, and then when we come back from the break, then we will be uh, we will talk about uh, we'll get the other interview with Joel Farabee, right? And that's who we have coming up after the break, um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more. And oh, Russ, we have two reviews. Five star reviews, and they are one on uh, uh, Apple. Um, one was over on Apple Podcast, Podcasts, but the other one. This is exciting. This is a new one, kind of. Like, I didn't even know that existed. We got one on Facebook. Is that correct? We did. Over on our Facebook page, 
um, which is facebook.com slash snow the goalie, which if you don't follow it already, you should. Make sure you go over to, to good old Facebook, tell your parents. Tell your siblings, tell your aunt, tell that great aunt who for some reason friended you out of the blue. Tell that cousin out in Michigan that you didn't even know you had about Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers radio show here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Um, yeah, we got a five-star review over there. We got to give a shout-out there as well. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things and uh, have to have a, a few good words there from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit more about our other friends over at uh, Odd Logic Brewing Company. But Joel Farabee on the, uh, on the other side as well. And then we'll have to give our predictions for the uh, the week coming up. Well, there's only going to be two games, back-to-back, Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that's a Friday, Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So we'll do that as well. All right, you're listening to Snow the Goalie Radio here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Hey, I'm Russ Joy. And I'm Anthony Sanfilippo. For the best coverage of the Philadelphia Flyers, check out Snow the Goalie. Where this week, we had an exclusive sit-down with Flyers All-Star, Travis Konechny. Head on over, listen to it. Subscribe to Snow the Goalie over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts. And down the road, we'll have more players and more discussion about your favorite team, the Philadelphia Flyers. Hey, I'm Russ Joy. I'm Kevin Kincaid. I'm Anthony Sanfilippo. And I'm Bob Wankel. For the best coverage on Philadelphia sports, check out Crossing Broadcast Radio. Right here on 610. ESPN. Philadelphia. And the big game is upon us. We are down to the final two teams. There is so little time left in the season, so don't miss out. Get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on over the next two weeks, DraftKings has great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, they have it all. And on the big game, bet on any star player to score the first TD of the game with 10-1 to 1 odds. It doesn't get better than that. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You don't want to miss this. It's a call to action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. That's CROSSINGBROAD. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget that Code is crossing broad, and you can get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Man, there's nothing I like more than listening to pre-recorded Anthony Sanfilippo just nail an ad read. Yeah, it's usually in one take. That one was two. That was two. That was a two take yeah. read. I got mad at myself for screwing up the yeah. first one. You had the, you had the, and it was only, and the reason why. Do you know the reason why? Yeah, they because changed, they changed the, yeah, they changed the language at the end. They changed the language. Be of professional. The read it over a couple of times. I was miss Golly. well because I thought it would be the same. I mean, that part I thought would be the same. The rest was all cold read and it was all brand new when I read it. Amazing craziness, but absolutely speaking, amazing, but. What is not cold are Anthony right. Sanfilippo's picks. He's back to being hashtag successful Sanfilippo. That's right. I, I've gotten four in a row, correct, uh, including two more last week. And what I've started to do, Russ, and maybe this is a, a thing, maybe this is a, a trend that I can do moving forward, is I'm, I'm finding um, games that have uh, – I like to give a, a play on Monday for the people listening live on the radio – 
and then a, a game that either is on Tuesday night or maybe Wednesday for the people who pick us up on the podcast. And what I've done the last two weeks is I've um, gone out and, and gotten uh, a team in both games. So two weeks ago, I picked the I picked the Islanders in both games. Last week, I picked the Minnesota Wild in both games, or picked their games. I didn't pick them to win both games. But uh, I went, so I went, uh, Islanders lose in New York, but then they win when they get home. And then the Wild, uh, I think it was lose on the road and then win when they come back home. Worked out both cases. Improved my record now to 13 and 9. So hopefully get back uh, even higher, closer to that 60%, which is the the plateau that you like to get to if you're if you're betting. If you ask Big Bet Bob, uh, he'll tell you that that's, uh, that's like the... Um, the unicorns are at 60%. You know, rubs his hands together when he, when he talks about the betting. Uh, so what I'm going to go with is tonight, as the NHL uh, play resumes after All-Star Weekend, two very bad teams in the Eastern Conference. But I'm going to pick one of them. Tonight, the Devils are in Ottawa to play the Senators. And I think the Senators, even though they are the third worst team in the East right now, are a little bit better than that. They're not good by any stretch of the imagination, but they're a little bit better than that. Meanwhile, I think the Devils are a team that is just – they just want to end the season. They want to just get to the to the end, hope they can pull out the lottery and, and snake uh, Detroit for the number one overall pick. Um, I think that they're just kind of going through motions. Whereas I think Ottawa's got some young players that are hungry and, and play on a nightly basis. I'll take the Sens tonight at home against the Devils. Tomorrow, they go on the road to Buffalo, and I think that's a tough turnaround for the Senators. I'll take the Sabres tomorrow in Buffalo. So Ottawa in both games, but to pay, take them to win tonight, lose tomorrow in Buffalo, and we'll see if I can keep that trend going. Successful San Filippo. It's nice to see you come back. You're a little bit happier when your picks go right. Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to sound like an idiot, right? Well, I don't know if the picks are going to help you with that at all. So anyway, <laughs> go check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and use that promo code crossing broad. Yep. Let's uh, get into the second interview that we've got on uh, this wonderful episode, this bi-week episode that we decided to pack with content. And this interview, this interview with Joel Farabee is brought to the fans by our friends at Odd Logic Brewing Company. Odd Logic Brewing Company, the only place to go and get yourself a tasty brewski. Out there in Bristol, PA, 500 Bristol Pike. It's a great place to go, and it's the place to be this Friday night as Snow the Goalie does a press road show live from Odd Logic Brewing Company as the Flyers come back off of that all-star break, that bye week that's mandated by the league. Flyers-Penguins come out, have a beer, have two, have seven, have a designated driver, perhaps call a, a, a car. Come on out, get some food, have a good old time. Well, you know, Anthony, you got to you got to be responsible as you call, have beverages. Call a car. Because <laughs> you car. didn't want to say. Well, because ahead, I don't want to say either of the car sharing services because they don't sponsor us. I'm not giving them free airtime. Oh, look, Anthony. There goes a car down the road. Hey, car. <laughs> car. You, stop. Come here. Is that Lightning McQueen? <laughs> come on out to Odd Logic Brewing Company. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, of course, if you come out to the Press Road Show, Anthony might even uh, allow you to come on to the camera and, and, yeah. uh, and have a good old time. But it is going to be a blast this week. I think we're going to have uh, some special things working for this uh, this event on Friday. It's going to be a, a really excellent time. They've got new drafts on every week. 
Uh, this past weekend, they had a uh, another one of those sweet stouts they've got going mm-hmm. on, and and you, uh, from personal experience, a few weeks ago went out there and enjoyed the uh, cookies and cream one. The cookies and cream which one I, was good. I know was absolutely next level yeah. for you, but uh, yeah. we'll talk more about them on the other side of this moment. But let's get back to our exclusive sit down interview that we did second time on the show. That young man, they call him Beezer, Joel Farabee. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. We'd like to welcome into Snow the Goalie our first repeat guest on the show, Russ. Flyers forward Joel Farabee. Joel, thanks for joining us here once again on Snow the Goalie. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's a, it's a great podcast. Happy to be back. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good time to get you. You know, last couple games, you, you know, lit the lamp. You got back on the, back on the uh, scoring uh, score sheet, and uh, things are going well for you. Can, can you talk a little bit about kind of finally get rolling again, and then you know, put you know, helping to contribute offensively once again? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you know, I think uh, this past month has been kind of crazy. I mean, uh, I think uh, I was up to maybe in the second line, and then kind of moved my way down to the fourth line. So I was kind of, kind of just fighting to stay up uh, for a little bit. But um, then I got a little more comfortable with my line mates and stuff like that. Found a little chemistry, and uh, we've been playing pretty well. So. Um, you know, obviously, to have goals in back-to-back games is really good for me. And um, you know, if the the team's winning, then you know everyone's happy. Uh, you, you mentioned moving around the lineup a little bit. Is it is it hard to kind of juggle yourself, or, or no, no, that you're, okay, we're gonna take off the second line, we're gonna move you down, and then you move back up again, and then you get moved back down again. It's just you're kind of all over the place. Is it hard to kind of wrap around, wrap that around your head at all, or do you just say, hey, I'm still here, I'm still playing NHL, let's just keep, let's just roll and do what I bet best I can. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, at the end of the day, you have a job to do, so you got you got to do, got to do what you got to do, but I, I think the hardest thing is just finding that chemistry with your line mates, you know, when you're constantly shuffling, and it, at times it can get a little hard, you know, to find offense that way, but um, I thought the, the past, you know, three games playing with Bunny and, uh, and Petter has been really good, so... Uh, we've been playing really well as a fourth line and, um, you know, obviously trying to help the team as much as we can. It would be understandable, you know, <clears throat> given where you started at on this team uh, and then seeing yourself kind of getting bounced around, it would be understandable if you got a little bit down on yourself at any point. And guys talk a lot about the resiliency and, and needing consistency and building confidence. How do you make that kind of transition as, as you kind of found yourself in a, in a, a lower six role? to not lose the confidence that was a big part of why you were on the team in the first place. Yeah, I, I think um, when we were in Carolina last, uh, Coach Yo actually gave me a really good advice. He said, um, don't worry about the points right now. He said, just focus on each shift, uh, you know, shift to shift. And he said, you know, hopefully by mid-second period, you're, you're feeling really good about your game. So that's kind of how I took it, just shift by shift, you know, not really focus on the big picture just kind of focus on what's in front of me and I think that helped me build build a little confidence and you know obviously then then the goal started to come so uh, yeah like you said confidence is really big in this league you know when guys are playing confident that that's when they're playing their best so just trying to you know stay consistent with that and try and you know have as much as a have as much of it as I can you know have you hit the point yet in in that confidence and seeing the way that things have have really gone well especially recently where you find yourself feeling like you belong yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just personally, I think, um, you know, you always tell yourself that you belong and that you can be one of the best players. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of the guys in our team or, and, or even around the league have made it that far because they have that mindset. So I think just, you know, knowing knowing in my heart that I can play in this league and, and help the team is something that, you know, it's in the back of my head. But at the end of the day, you have to perform. So, um, you know, just whatever role I'm given that night is, you know, what I'm going to do. And, you know, whatever, like I said before, whatever, whatever I can do to help the team. You talked about Mike 
you know, t- telling you, you know, to focus on the shift and, and to really kind of simplify it, right? I, I guess one of the hardest things, and t- correct me if I'm wrong, for a young player is when you make it into the NHL is that you're so used to being the guy, right, that, that, that you know, your team has relied on to score that when all of a sudden now you're not scoring at that level, that's kind of where it starts creeping in your head, right? That what, what am I doing wrong if I'm not scoring like that? But in essence, you still could be playing a really good brand of hockey, just not on the score sheet. Yeah, I, I think that was, that was a big, big transition for me. You know, coming from college, you know, I'd have a bad shift and, um, you know, I'd be right back out there for another one. You know, I, I'd get another opportunity here. You know, if I have a bad shift, I might not go back out there. You know what I mean? So I think my mindset, you know, is just you have to be focused every shift, every time you're out there. So, um, you know, just try and keep it simple, not do too much. But, uh, you know, you got to make plays and stuff like that, too. So I think that's where that confidence comes in. Uh, I think before when I was struggling, I, I didn't have that confidence and I was trying to make plays and it wasn't just wasn't really working and I was getting hard on myself. But um, now I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the role I have. And, you know, it, it's 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 been a, been a lot better. What's it what's it like for you physically at this point? Because, I mean, we're just crossing the halfway point in this season and you still got 34 games to go and then hopefully beyond that playoffs as well. And this is like you're pretty much maxing out at what you used to, what you're used to as far as college hockey as far as the number of games. So what's that like for you physically? Yeah, I think in college last year I played 36 games last year, so I mean, yeah. that goes by pretty quick here. So, um I think uh I think I've handled it pretty well. Obviously, you know, I've been talking a lot with um you know our, our weight guys and our nutritionist Nairi just trying to stay, you know, stay fueled up, stay healthy and um obviously being a little undersized it's tough at times but uh, I think uh, the transition it was hard at first but I think I'm starting to pick up on things that I'm I'm used to and and, things to eat and stuff like that 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 help me you know each day. Is that one of the the, like a a lot of times guys talk about the the lack of sleep right and it's not just in the NHL like the NBA was going through this thing recently where a lot of their star players said that one of the hardest things to transition into is is just not being home and sleep not always having been something that leagues put a lot of emphasis on for you especially because of this extended season are, are you kind of feeling the the strain of of the lack of sleep or or do you somehow as a pro athlete you know at the nhl level at the first time find yourself feeling like almost as normal as ever yeah i, I think um you know when we just you know play east coast teams i, I think it's it's fine I, I kind of figured out you know when to go to bed and stuff like that but I thought when we went on the West Coast trip and then came back, I thought that was that was really tough because obviously, you're, you know, with the time change and stuff like that, that can that can really add up. So um, I, I think yeah, sleep's definitely huge, especially with the, the back-to-backs that we've been having. So um, you know, you got to get rest, and um, you know, the teams that have the most rest they usually come out the hardest. So it's uh, it's a big big part of the game. You got the break coming up. Couldn't come at a better time for you. Like it, like we were just talking about that that point in the season where you're like, okay, now you got to figure it out physically. Um, you have any plans? Anything exciting you're going to do? Going to go get to go home, or are you going to go away on vacation? Anything fun? Nothing crazy. I think uh, I'm just going to go see my girl. She goes to school in uh, it's uh, Grand Valley State uh-huh. in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm just going to go spend a few days there. Maybe maybe bounce home before. But uh, yeah, just keep it keep it relaxed. Not do too much. Um, you know, trying to refuel the body and then get ready for the the big second push we need. I got to ask this question because I asked uh, Matt and Eskin was just in here talking with us. And, you know, he's a veteran guy, so I think that he kind of feels probably one way, and I have a feeling you might tell me the other. Jake is a DJ in the locker room. What do you think? Good or no? Well, I, I think we actually have a really good mix. So uh, Jake takes the first half of, like, the, the whole 
game routine, and then uh, Scott Lawton takes the uh, like right before the game okay. stuff. So I think it's a really good mix. You know, Jakey's kind of old school, like older rock songs and stuff like that, which I like. And then you know, Scotty's more like EDM dance music stuff like that before we go on. So I think it's actually a really good mix. Uh, I know a lot of guys are happy with the music in the locker room, which is good. That's a surprise to me. I got to be honest with you. I, I just assumed it was a generational thing that like the younger guys wouldn't like what Jake's playing, and that the older guys would think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my dad's really big into, like, rock music, classical rock, so um, I was kind of born into it. I always listened to it, so I kind of know a lot of the songs that Jake plays, which is good for me. Maybe some of the other guys, not so much, but and then when Scotty comes in, I know a lot of those, too, so it's, awesome. it's great for me, yeah. Awesome. We've been talking, uh, we asked, uh, one of the things we're starting to ask guys is tell us a little bit about your hometown uh, and what makes it kind of a cool place to go. Like, we talked to Matt, he's from a town called Virginia, Minnesota, which is in the middle of nowhere, but he was saying what's awesome if you're an outdoorsy type. You're from Cicero, New York, which is just outside of Syracuse. Yep. Um, but is there anything, like, really cool about Cicero that's, like, that people don't really know about it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, well, there's a couple of good restaurants that are good if you've ever been to a dinosaur barbecue. No, dinosaur heard? barbecue. Yeah, that's what it's got. It's really big. I think there's one in Syracuse, one in Rochester, maybe a couple others. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, it's a little chain. It's really good. For G's birthday, I got him a sauce from the, the dinosaur barbecue sauce to, to get it for his birthday. So um, whenever I go home, it, it's a good place to go. So if you're ever in Syracuse, New York, you got to go to dinosaur barbecue. You're going to have to reach out to them and let them know that they're, they've they're now a, they're got They're going to sponsor now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> time for time for a uh, spokesman. That's right. Deal. I think you've That's got to right. work this one out. Maybe we'll have to retract this part of the audio until we get that lined right. up for you. Okay. I've got nothing. Oh, I, like, oh, I thought you. I thought you were well, ready to go. Well, here I guess you know. I think we brought this up to you the last time we talked about hockey movies. How you're wrong, and um, <laughs> just wanted to know because things are always changing, and especially the West Coast swing and such. Was there anything that you streamed? Was there anything that you binged recently that uh, that hmm. you won't let the people know about? You know, I've actually, a lot of people have told me to watch Trailer Park Boys. Oh, I, that's such I, a Canadian thing. I started it a while ago, and I hated it. Okay. And then I just recently got back into it. So I've been watching that. I'm really big into The Office. I think I've seen the whole thing probably at least eight times. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually not really super into a show right now. Um, I haven't, I have to find a show that I'm, like, really into. I watched the, uh, I actually just watched the Aaron Hernandez uh, Was it good? Was it thing. good? I wanna, it's it's on my really list. good. Yeah. If, if you're into that, I mean, obviously it's kind of crazy, that whole story. But um, the, the documentary was really well done, I thought. So that, that's really cool. I think it's, like, three episodes each an hour. So yeah. it's cool. Well, if you're, if you're into uh, documentaries, and I, I know I can't say it because we're going to be on the radio, it's going to be said. But Netflix, don't F with cats. I... I watched 20 minutes of it. I couldn't stomach it. Oh, my God. It me out so bad. It gets worse. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's crazy. Now. I, 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 was, I watched it with uh, Phil Myers. It was like uh, he was on like the second episode, and I was watching, I watched it for 20 minutes. I was like, I can't watch this oh, any longer. I can't do it. It's nuts. Well, you brought up The Office a little bit ago. Let me just – yep. So I've got, I've got the uh, Shroot Farms, the Beat Farms shirt on here <laughs> today. Um, let me ask you, favorite character from The Office? Creed, 100%. Just because Without of the comedic timing? I think he, it's just, yeah, he's he's always there. He's always, like, he he's not big into the, like, he doesn't have a big role, I wouldn't say, but, like, it's, that character is so funny. Have you done any of the deep dives into the, the uh, Scranton Strangler conspiracy theory that Toby was actually the Scranton Strangler? And there's also one about Creed as well. I've seen the one about Creed. Okay. I, that's who I believe it is, okay. right? Uh, I, don't, I haven't seen the one about Toby. I'm going to have to look at that. You know why? The whole he, you know why he's so caught up in this. This is like where he's he's Mr. Schuylkill County. Yeah, it's from up that generally that vicinity. So like this is like his life story. The office. Yeah. How did you feel about the show when Michael Scott was off? <laughs> you know what? I 
It's still good, but it's not. It's not The Office. I think once he leaves, it's like a different. It's like totally different feel. I think I still think it's funny, yeah. but obviously, like seasons four, five, six, those are the best. Yeah. They need. They need a reunion. I think they, they've been talking. They about can't get away with it. They, There's yeah, no that show. What, uh, that show in this in this said. in yeah. this current climate, there is he no said, way that show works. Yeah, he said it wouldn't work anymore. Maybe you know what they did? They did the. Um, Brought back all in the family for a one night show. They did, but that's, that, that's different. In, that doesn't that's work different. in this society anymore, yeah, right? But that's, but I think that's, they can get away with it different. for one shot only. That's social commentary. I think that's a, a different <sighs> thing altogether. Yeah. Plus, I think if they came back to it, it'd be like too forced too. Yeah. Like the show's so funny how it is. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. See, I kind of oddly enough, I in the moment I liked the show better when Michael Scott was off. Really? Because it allowed for the ensemble cast to shine. Okay. Yeah. So. I, you know, Creed doesn't necessarily get as much, but Stanley, I, I like Stanley. Yeah, yeah, Because Stanley gets excited about Pretzel Day, like right. Anthony yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> and just like seeing the, the dynamic change when they're down in uh, in Florida. Yeah. And Stanley like pulls up with the convertible. Like, yeah. I, I kind of like those sorts of moments a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, okay. It's just me. That's fair. I mean, I once unleashed a hot take that it's better when he's off. And then I went back and my wife and I binged it again. And now I kind of feel like it probably was better with Michael Scott. But, the, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like it, it's like it's like two different shows almost. Like yeah. it's one with M- Michael Scott and then one without it. Like you you see the other characters when he's not there, obviously. But like, it's yeah. like two different things. Yeah. That's good. The one question we we forgot to ask Joel the last time we had him on, I think we forgot to ask him. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If so, we'll just edit it out. Um, we've asked every guy what your favorite barn has been to play in. In it doesn't have to be in the NHL. It could be when you were in college or even um, when you played. Uh, uh, you know, for USA hockey or anything along those lines. Is there a place that you really kind of stands out as memorable because something maybe maybe something crazy happened there or anything? I actually I played in a lot of lot of cool places. I, I think um, playing in the the Garden in Boston is okay. really cool. So I, I played there in college for the Bean Pot. Yeah. And um, I think the first game we played Northeastern, it was like sold out, and it was like wow, this is awesome. And then I went to a Vancouver Boston game last year too just like with my teammates and like we just sat and we were just like wow this place is awesome and then getting to play there this year and then I think uh, when we played there I I scored in the shootout too so that's right I had a bunch of teammates there too so like that that was really cool but yeah the the garden's really cool they have really good fans and um, they're really into it it's always loud there so that's gonna I like that. See that? Good stuff. Well, Joel, we really appreciate you stopping by a second time. Always a a friend of the show. And hopefully we'll have you again soon. Thanks again, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. All right. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the 19-year-old phenom. Let's call him the phenom, Anthony. So that's a little overboard. Friend of the program, Beezer, Joel Farabee. A lot of people after the uh, Connect Me interview... Went up last week because he was referring we're to like, Beezer. Like Beezer, who's Beezer? Who's Beezer? And then people were like, "Oh, is that is that Farabee?" Yeah. And the thing is, uh, and I don't think we talked about this last week, but in the Travis Konechny interview, if you go and you watch it on on uh, YouTube.com/slash/CrossingBroad, uh, there's a bunch of times that Konechny looks off screen to his left, and he references a few times uh, to Beezer. Yeah, that was because Joel Farabee was doing an autograph signing. He was sitting right over there to the to the left during that entire interview. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. It, it, I, I think the one thing that I'm, I'm the most impressed by with Farabee at this point is if you go back and listen to the first time he was on the show. Granted, it was over the phone versus that time where we're face to face with him. But he's a 19 year old kid. He's been faced with adversity. Originally, remember he got top line minutes with Claude Giroux and then found himself in a bottom six role. And he's managed to kind of find his way back into the scoring column. 
despite you know being shuffled up and down the lineup, which a lot of younger guys have a, a, a real issue with. And heck, even some vets have a hard time when they're not consistently mm-hmm. on the same line or playing with the same guys. He's done a really good job of showing that he's an adaptable player. He's very adaptable, and that's why he stayed and Frost didn't, because he's able to accept the different roles and, and adapt to the different roles, whereas Frost Frost still hasn't doesn't have that. I don't know. I don't call it a gene. But he doesn't hasn't developed it quite just yet. You know who else is adaptable? Our friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company. They've got any kind of beer that you want. They adapt to your palate. And last weekend, and I'm hoping they have something like that going on this weekend. Last weekend they had a dessert for thought. It was a Cinnabon nine percent stout with cinnamon and Madagascar vanilla beans. That's the kind of fun beer that you can have with us out on uh, Friday night. Right before the Flyers Penguins game, we'll probably start around. I'm thinking six thirty or so. We'll start the press road show out at Odd Logic Brewing Company, and we'll have a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, let's get to a couple of five star reviews, shall yes. we? Because these are the things that truly make Anthony happy. We've got one over on our Facebook page, Facebook.com, which slash, I didn't even know you could do. There you go. Yeah, you sure can. Uh, Facebook.com/slash Snow the Goalie from, uh, and I hope I don't butcher your name. Rohit Pancholi, who says, uh, living in Sherwood Park, Alberta, home of Carter Hart, I am inundated with Oilers news. Can't wait to listen to the podcast weekly. Hashtag People's Podcast. Thanks, Russ and Anthony. Shout out to me and my son, Zach, would be awesome. Well, here you go. This is a shout out to you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Make sure you tell all your friends up there in, uh, Absolutely. in I, Sherwood Park. And there are Flyers fans up there. Sure I there can are. tell because well, I. Carter Hart fans. Well, just. there's certainly Carter Hart fans in that town, in, that, in their town. But in the time that I have traveled to Alberta, both games in Calgary and Edmonton, there were always a good number of Flyers uh, uniforms, sweaters, jerseys up in the uh, up in the stands for those Flyers games. So there's certainly Flyers fans up that way. So, yeah, pass that on, and uh, thanks for the great review. And, of course, over on uh, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave five-star reviews, and you should, uh, the best Flyers podcast, period, by Rick in PA. The absolute best Flyers podcast out there. Anthony Sanfilippo brings a wealth of knowledge and experience, and Russ Joy offers up some fun and snarky comments. Okay, and some good insight, too. They often have great guests and aren't afraid to ask the tough questions. If you're looking for fair, honest Flyers coverage, Snow the Goalie is the podcast for you. Signed by Ray and Shay's dad. Oh. Sorry, Ryan Shay's dad. Ryan, Ryan Shay's, Shay's dad. dad. Rick Hines. Yeah, that's very nice. That's five-star review. We love that. Yeah, he's a regular on uh, the Press, the press Row Show. Show. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very cool. That's very cool. Well, so well, let's let's take a look at the uh, the week ahead. Well, there's only two games. I know. Two Fr- games. Friday, they're in Pittsburgh. Of course, everybody will be out with us at Odd Logic Brewing Company. And then the next night, they are home against the Colorado Avalanche. How do you see it going, pal? That's a, that's a tough back-to-back. Sure is. Coming coming off of the, a week off, a lot of these guys went away on vacation. They're not, they're not like they're working out or skating. They're not allowed anywhere near the uh, practice facility until Thursday. Um, so they really only get one day of practice and then have to hit the ground running again. Um, I think that's a tough back-to-back. I have them 0-1-1. Wow. I think they lose the game outright in Pittsburgh, and then I think they come home and it's a either an overtime or a shootout loss to Colorado. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh on the road. I do. Uh, that would, they that they would historically me. do a really good job of playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. And the fact that they were able to shut out Pittsburgh. I know the Pittsburgh's going to come out of this break, and, and they're going to be motivated to do well. Um I still like the Flyers to win that game. Pittsburgh will get more than 19 shots in that game. They will. And I think uh, Saturday night, I'm expecting an overtime loss. Keep in mind for both of these games, obviously the Flyers are coming out of the break on Friday. So are the Penguins. And Colorado's first game in well over a week and a half or so is against the Flyers. So 
Uh, we'll be back next Monday for Snow the Goalie. Thank you to Anthony. Thank you on the other side of the glass to Ryan Lennox. Talk to you next week.